On this week's episode of the Marketing Expedition podcast, I get to speak with Wendy Alexander. Wendy started in real estate in 2004 and has experienced both the craze and the downturn markets and is well-versed in navigating them all. Now her passion is to share what she knows with others as a real estate consultant, a business coach, and she also is the creator of My Whim Life Show podcast that I got the pleasure to be on as well. And Whim, by the way, stands for wisdom, humor, inspiration, and motivation. But before we get to Wendy's interview, I have to tell you all about Ibotta. Ibotta is a cash back app that you get rebates on groceries and online purchases and more. And it's super simple. You buy the groceries that you normally buy, you select the offers, you scan your receipt, and upload it, and then you get cash back, and then it goes into your PayPal account after you hit $20, right? So go to peppershock.com slash offers and sign up for a Ibotta on me, and you will receive a gift if you use my link. Now, let's get to the marketing essential moments. This week I'm talking about, and I thought it was fitting since we're talking about real estate with Wendy, the top five reasons you need to invest in real estate video marketing, especially if you're a real estate agent, obviously. Some of these tips will apply to all of those who are not real estate agents, but I figured since we've got a real estate agent on the show, I wanted to share how you can learn to get an ROI on your video marketing investments. So all the things that go into creating a video, right? The images, the voice track, the music, the editing, the text, the graphics, lots of things to consider and why you should maybe work with a video production company to do it so you can have high quality, polished and refined voiceover. You can have it as an ability to use as commercials or on other platforms and it's rendered out in all of the different sizes that you need for all of the different platforms that you may want this video on. You can use all these things to create this video with a professional camera, the, the audio recording and lighting gear, all the things that a professional video company would offer. Or of course you can always use your cell phone to do it too, but you probably won't get the same kind of quality as you would with a video production company. But investing in your video can certainly help you in the long run. Having a strong portfolio of video real estate videos uh, to back you up will help you land more buyers and sellers because of it, right? And we know that people spend more time on your website looking at videos. It helps with actually search engine optimization to continue to have people stay on your website for a longer period of time. So average time with web viewers spent on pages with video is more than a minute. Whereas if you don't have video on it, the average time is like 15 seconds. And why it's important to keep people on your website so that way it doesn't get listed as a bounce or you know, the longer that you have people on your site, the more that the robots think that there's relevant information there because now people are spending more time on your website. So videos can really help with that. And we know that 85% of buyers and sellers want to work with an agent who uses video right? So that's a big number to consider. Utilizing video, not just a still image, but video really can help you draw in attention to what it is that you're doing. And with the 51% audience share, YouTube is now the top video research destination for house hunters. And YouTube has become more popular than listing websites, honestly. And of course, if you use a find an agent search on YouTube, uh, you're likely to increase by 46% every year. Uh, find an agent searches on YouTube are increasing 46% every year, I should say. 
And of course, homes listed with video get four times the inquiries of homes listed without a video, right? And including videos on your emails can also double the click-through rates and can reduce opt-outs by 75%. So another reason to include video. And of course, the four best videos that you can use as a real estate agent is introduction video, a testimonial video, a neighborhood tour video with drone footage. We have a drone pilot here at Pepper Shock that is licensed and fully capable of doing that. And then of course, your listing videos and showing those home tours really important. So by using an introduction video, it's a quick, friendly video that you can use to introduce yourself. And that way people who maybe don't know you have an opportunity to get to know you a little more so it doesn't become just a cold lead, right? It's a little warmer because now you have introduced yourself a little bit better and you know you can know what it is and who you're working with, right? And then of course, testimonial videos. If you've got somebody who raves about what your service was that you did, and those testimonials really kind of help accelerate what I like to call world of mouth advertising or word of mouth advertising, right? Testimonials can really help convince your potential leads that you are trustworthy and reliable because you're not the one who's saying all about how good you are. Your clients are, right? They're giving you a testimony to say how awesome you are to work with. And so sharing those really helps. And also the people who created the testimonial, they like to share too. So sharing is caring, right? Doing a neighborhood tour video provides evergreen content that you can use over and over again to show off your expertise for both the buyer and seller and gives kind of the community feel of what is happening in the community, why they might want to be attracted to this community, especially for relos that are relocation uh, people who are coming from outside of the area. Those neighborhood tour videos can certainly um, give a sense of who it is and where you're selling in that neighborhood, right? It's kind of giving out that vibe that you want. And um, being able to showcase the community and all the different activities and, you know, all the schools and everything that's going on there is super helpful for people who want to buy in the area. Now, listing videos, those videos really help sell homes and impress your current and future sellers and buyers because, well, yeah, honestly, if I can take a video tour of the house, it'll make me feel like I'm closer to it, that I can see what it is that I'm about to get into. If I really want to spend more time in that home, I want to look at the video so I know that it's something that's not going to waste my time, right? So key takeaways, businesses have published 377 videos on average and are publishing 33 new videos every month. Their video libraries will double within the next 12 months. And businesses in high tech and professional service industries are publishing the most new videos on a monthly basis. And businesses are increasing their investments in both uh, in-house and outsourced video content to help serve the growing demand for video throughout the customer lifecycle. And 89% of viewers of business-related videos take place on desktop browsers. And I think more and more people are starting to look at mobile devices. So you've got to create videos that can be seen on a small screen and or audio agnostic. So thinking about not necessarily having your audio turned up because sometimes people don't turn the audio up depending on what it is that they're watching your videos on, right? And here's an, an interesting tidbit. The middle of the week is the most popular for B2B video views with Tuesday between 7 a.m. and 11 a.m. Um, Eastern, or I guess Eastern time, seeing the highest number of views. So 
thinking about the time of day when you're going to post those videos is really important and kind of understanding the trend, what's happening with your posts and when you're getting the most engagement. And then product videos, demos, and explainers are the most common videos produced. Websites and social media are the most common distribution channels. And of course, businesses are increasing their use of videos across all the specific channels and the number of businesses using video on their landing page jumped 50% to 60% this year. And the number of businesses using video in email jumped another 46%. Additionally, video use in sales conversations has also experienced a huge increase as well. The average length of the video is nine minutes, but 75% of all video published within the last year are less than two minutes long. Now, longer form videos have a place, short form videos absolutely have a place. You really need to understand your strategy and what it is that you are doing and why you are doing the length of video that you want to do. So, Thinking about that, we can help you and walk you through what those links are and why the length of is that you would do. So the use of video analytics is becoming more prevalent with 36% of businesses using intermediate or advanced analytics to measure performance of the video uses. Then those using advanced analytics are two times as likely to report that returns on their video investments are improving and impacting their bottom line. Now. Let's get into the interview with Wendy Alexander. Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast, an auditory journey through the latest in marketing, branding, and advertising. Now, here's your Marketing Expedition Guide, Ray Allen. Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Allen. I'm the president and CEO of Peppershock Media and the founder of the Marketing Expedition Community. And today's guest, we have Wendy Alexander. Wendy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I am excited. So Wendy, let's just tell our audience a little bit about you and what you do and all the wonderful things that are my whim life. And just tell us more. Tell us more. Yeah. So I have, first and foremost, I, I have been a real estate consultant for uh, more than 17 years at this point. So that's definitely what I do and know best. Uh, I've also been doing business coaching for nearly five years at this point. Uh, as a business owner myself, I have learned a ton about what works, what doesn't work, what's required, what do you need to have, you know, getting uh, getting started in a new business, uh, you know, kind of all of those basic ins and outs, which seems to be where a lot of people get stuck is right there in that beginning. They get so frustrated that they just don't get that uh, forward momentum like they need to. So been doing a lot of that coaching for the last almost five years. Um, and then I also have my own um, podcast and YouTube channel called My Whim Life. Um, I've kind of halted a little bit on recording those episodes for the time being, but uh, looking at some, doing some new stuff in the new year in 2022. So that's coming. Uh, and then I also have Wendy's Wisdoms, which are my little daily notes um, that started uh, more than nine years ago now. Um, putting out just little tidbits of inspiration or funny things uh, on a regular basis that has really 
made a difference in the lives of so many other people that I just can't imagine not moving forward with that. Also something that will move into 2022 with me. Excellent. I, I can't believe you've been doing that for nine years. Congratulations. That's quite the a commitment to being able yeah. to share those wisdoms with everyone. That's amazing. So Wendy, let's talk about a little bit more kind of the audience that you serve and the types of people that you want to attract to do business with you. Who is it that's your target audience? Who do you love to work with? Um, so as far as real estate goes, my favorite people to work with are definitely first time home buyers. And then those uh, that are moving down into the smaller houses. So um, I, I, I just love the opportunity to educate people. And those are the people that are open. They're interested. They have questions. And I dig that. I, you know, if you get into a spot where you think that you already know it all, um, then, then I don't necessarily serve a huge purpose. Um, I love the opportunity to educate. I think it's definitely why I also got into business coaching because those people are open. They have questions, they need guidance. And I love that teachable piece. Um, ah, so great. anyone who is open and ready for the next adventure, whether that be in real estate or in their business, those are the kinds of people I like to serve. That's fantastic. I, I love that you know exactly who it is that you want to target. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> Niches make riches, right? <laughs> exactly. So, okay, here's a question for you. Tell our audience without saying the year, what year did you graduate high school without telling us the actual year? What were, what was going on in high school for you? Oh my gosh. What <laughs> was going, I don't, what was going on in the world then? I don't even remember. Um, like I, my, so I'll tell you this, I am, uh, about to be 46 <laughs> and my oldest two children were three and one when I graduated high school. Okay. Interesting. Very, very wow. That's uh okay. So, so they would now be 30 and 27. Okay. What, uh, what kind of music were you listening to? Oh my gosh. I, uh, you know, we were actually talking about this in the car just on, on a recent trip with, that I was taking. It was definitely, um, Def Leppard, um, <laughs> Rock <on>. Metallica, <laughs> uh, and a little bit of salt and pepper in there too. Awesome. You know, you gotta have variety. Right. Right. So, okay. You have then now described kind of growing up through that era and the, the age and then, you know, kind of your work life into that. Right. And, and so when did you, when did you decide that this is what you wanted to do in your career? Oh my gosh, that was literally completely by accident. I had gotten a degree in graphic design um, before graphic design was a thing. And I learned that I would have needed to move to LA or New York City to do graphic design because that wasn't even a thing at that time. So also dating myself. Um, but uh, but I, the way that I fell into real estate was I needed to refinance my house. I was in the middle of a divorce. I couldn't afford the payment the way that it was. Uh, so I needed to refinance. And the builder had given us a second mortgage on the house when we originally bought it. So I needed him to re-subordinate the loan and allow me to continue to make those payments uh, at a lower interest rate. So 
He wasn't originally willing to do that when the lender called. Uh, so I went to his office and I said, look, either the house is going to go into foreclosure or you're going to resubordinate this loan so I can refinance and make it affordable because I'm getting a divorce. I'm going to be a single mom, you know, with three kids. I've right. got, I've got to make it affordable. Uh, so he went ahead and agreed. Um, but then kind of Papa bared me and said, okay, well, what are you doing to find, you know, better employment, making more money, you know, uh, went through that whole scenario. Aww. And he called me like three days later and he said, Hey, are you still looking? And I said, yes. And he said, are you interested in being a real estate assistant? And I said, is it full-time and how much does it pay? <laughs> because whatever that job is, I can do it. I just know Sign that I up. can. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and he laughed and he says, I can't give you the job, but I'll get you an interview. So ah. Great. Um, so he got me an interview with three agents. Um, we sat down like a week later. Uh, they hired me on the spot. Um, and so for the next nice. 18 months, I spent my life, uh, my work life being a real estate assistant to three agents who had just started their own brokerage um, and learned everything about the back end of real estate. So I got to learn all of the accounting, the ledger requirements, you know, all of the marketing, uh, subdivision management, client interactions, you know, how to keep track of people and follow up, like all of those things that are the backbone of real estate. I got to learn without having to do sales. Right. Um, and so 18 months later, um, the, the owner decided that it was time for me to get my real estate license. Uh -huh. And, um, more than 17 years later, here I am, but now, it, was, it was never a career that I was thought I would pick for myself by any means, but <laughs> I'm so, so, so grateful that it happened that way. That's awesome. And now you're teaching others just the same as you were taught when you, when you first yeah. started, right? That's absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely. I have got a team, uh, a full-time or a part-time assistant that I, uh, have as well as three other agents that are on my team as well. Okay. So tell me about some of the success stories. How have you helped people in your position? What have you done for them as far as maybe some of the success stories of, you know, the real estate transactions that you've done and, you know, give us some examples of something that you feel like you really went above and beyond to make happen. Oh, let's see. I think probably one of the, one of the the biggest success stories. I had a guy call me off of a postcard that I sent to his neighborhood. Um, he was in his nineties. Oh, wow. um, he said that his kids had called and they were moving him to a nursing home and he didn't know what to do about his house and all of his stuff. Um, so I went over and met with him. Um, there was no power of attorney. None of the kids called like you know, there was, yeah. there was none of that going on. So I got some contact information, um, got in touch with his eldest son, uh, really kind of started coordinating with him. Um, but in that instance, you know, I, I did have the opportunity to sell his home, but I also coordinated and made sure that we had an estate sale so that his things were taken care of. I helped him boxed up the, the few items that were memorable to him that he wanted to take with him because none of his kids were local. So I really kind of went in there and, and adopted him and still have wonderful memories of 
of hours and hours and hours that I sat with him and let him tell me stories as we went through his things and, and talked about his wife and her passing. And, uh, you know, just, I loved every minute of that. Oh, wow. Wow. I, I just got goosebumped. I could just imagine listening to him tell you the stories. Oh my goodness. That's, that's amazing. I love that. Uh, okay, so what are some things that you do since we are going on a marketing journey and you mentioned the postcard and I love that, but what are some marketing tactics that have seemed to really work for you and why is it that they've worked for you? Yeah, so I do subscribe to a monthly postcard that sends out some kind of a coupon or deal um, for that month. Uh, a lot of times it's a local restaurant or uh, once in the summer we do river rafting um, in the, in the um, near the holiday season, there are cards, Christmas cards. So a lot of those different things um, throughout the year. Uh, and I get a lot of feedback from those. I actually get people who, you know, will send me a text message or a Facebook message and say, we totally went to cahoots for the first time. We loved it. Thank you for sending us that coupon. Um, so just an opportunity. I'm a, vi- I'm a big, big experience person. Um, I, things don't necessarily, things are not important. you can't take them with you uh, no matter what. And you can always lose or misplace or, or whatever, like you can, things don't always stick around, but those memories of the experiences always stick. So when I found this particular postcard company that was always giving away an experience, sometimes it's a, um, you know, one of the mystery night dinners, dinner theater events. I love those, you know, so I love the opportunity that it's, first of all, local, um, and second of all, that it's an experience that they can enjoy. And I get a lot of feedback uh, on those. Um, In addition, I do, when I, anytime I'm doing a closing, I give them an engraved cutting board and it says, every home is the result of love. So that they remember that, you know, this, this isn't just a transaction to me. Like, these, you know, anytime I sell you a house, it's part going to be part of your family. It's going to be part of the love and the relationships that you build inside of that home. Um, so that has always been very memorable for people. And I will go to my clients' houses and they will have it, you know, hung up like a sign uh, in their kitchen. So I know that those are meaningful, valuable things to them as well. Um, of course, I do social media and all of the other Uh, Mm -hmm. typical things, but those experiences and the things that I know stick with people are probably my most valuable tools. Excellent. Speaking of tools, what are some of your favorite apps or tech tools or things that you use to keep it all going? Oh, um, I use uh, both Tailwind um, for scheduling as well as um, well, I've used a, a number of things. Tailwind is probably my, my biggest one. I use that quite a bit. Uh, most of the stuff on Facebook, I schedule within Facebook itself because it's just easier. Um, but Tailwind for Instagram and Pinterest um, are, are probably my biggest tool that I use on the regular. Um, the other one that I use w- more for education and so that I can rewatch things or or whatever is I use Snagit to record videos. 
Um, that way, if I'm on a training or whatever, and I know there's no way, because we never consume everything that we're hoping to on, on the first run. So uh, I've, I've bought Snagit and we'll use that to record those. Um, and then in my podcast and, and YouTube channel, I use um, CyberLink PowerDirector is what I use to uh, record and edit my videos. Oh, good. Excellent. I always love to ask that because I always learn new tools every time we do this, right? To yeah. see what people are using and what's out there. That's so, it's always so helpful. And our listeners, I think, pick up on those tools as well, for sure, for yeah. sure. Um, okay, so what are some things that have inspired you or maybe maybe some people that have mentored you or helped you along the way? I will say the first inspiration, the one that I go back to that was probably the most powerful and remains the most powerful was well before my career ever started. Um, I was still in high school. Uh, I was a teen mom. So I already had babies before I left high school uh, and was married. So my senior year, I was married and I had two kids um, and finishing high school. So that was a, a, a big deal in yeah. so many ways. Right. I mean, that is that is a big deal to, to manage that and do that. So yeah, I think that you should be super proud of yourself for getting through high school for sure. But uh, go ahead. I, I interrupted, but I was just, I had to say that. You're fine. Um, the librarian, when I got pregnant with my second, and I was already married at that point, but when I got pregnant with my second, she said to me one day, she goes, that's just too bad because now you'll never make anything of yourself. Ugh. And I was like, huh, Ugh. interesting, but I think you're wrong. I think you're wrong. So I, it wasn't very long after that. I actually quit high school. Um, I had found out I was going to be half a credit short of graduating, no matter what I did and was going to have to take summer school and do all the things. Um, and in speaking to, to my parents and, uh, and to my husband at the time, we just decided that in our family's best interest, I would go ahead and quit. Uh, I spent the next 11 hours prepping for and passing my GED. And I enrolled at the age of 17 into college full time. And I had graduated with an associate's degree before my 20th birthday. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I love I love how you can get inspiration from those that challenge you and think that you otherwise couldn't do anything and then it just fuels your fire to do more, right? I think yeah. that's oh that librarian. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um okay, so looking forward, uh what are some some maybe some goals or aspirations or, or dreams that you want to aspire to do in the next two years, five years, ten years from now? You know, that's it's an interesting time for me to answer that question because recently with everything that I've had going on, those priorities and those goals have changed so dramatically. Um, so my goals don't have anything to do with money anymore or success. My goals 100% have shifted to... Um, to even more dramatically to experiences um, and 100% geared towards those that I'm spending that time with and that I'm having experiences with. I have 
zero room in my life at this point for anyone or anything that does not bring me joy. I just don't have room for it. And it is, it's a difficult, but humbling, but perfect place to be. I think, uh, it, everything, all of those experiences in the past that I've had in the past two years have really brought everything to a head. Um, and, and I know exactly who I want to spend my time with, where I want to go experiences I want to have. And that has become my non-negotiable. Now, all of the, the work piece of it, you know, it does funnel back to that. And those goals will have to be set to make sure that they align with and fund Mm-hmm. the kind of life that I want to have with the experiences and the people that I want to enjoy. So Wendy, do, if you care to share some of the experiences that you've kind of endured really in the last couple of years during the pandemic and everything that's happened, you know, you still had a business to run. You still had to keep going. Do you want to share a little bit about what was going on and, and how you just kept going through it, getting yeah. it done, right? Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's literally, it's very, it feels very similar to running a Spartan race if you've ever, or, or a marathon or any kind of race, but I run Spartan races. So that, that analogy works best for me. Absolutely. Um, It is literally when you are out on the track, it doesn't matter how many miles you have left. It never does. It doesn't matter if you're in your first mile or your last mile. All that matters is that you are taking one step at a time. And I literally, especially when I'm going up a steep hill or, or whatever is in front of me, I will literally chant to myself, one step at a time, one step at a time. Because that's the only way that anything gets done anyway. Right. It, it, you literally can't do it faster than that. So, so that kind of has, has been, been my mental focus as well. As I need to do the next thing, it is one step at a time. Because in the past 26 months, um, well, it's 27 months now, Mm -hmm. I, uh, we lost our father uh, at the age of 86. a year and a half later, we lost my mom at the age of 78. And five months after that, I lost my husband to COVID right. Uh, right. just in September of, of this year. So it has been the three, three of the most important people in my life yeah. are just gone a hard thing to wrap my even my head around uh yeah it to even imagine and taking that one step at a time is getting you through this and now you're able to share about it and tell others kind of the experience that you've gone through and and getting yourself through this and and you've taken some amazing trips lately like you said the experiences that you've gone through what have you been doing and i know you said that you did the spartan races and you had beast mode in your mind so tell us a little bit about that experience that you've been really doing to go through and heal right you've been healing and and processing but uh, share share some of those experiences that you've been taking lately yeah yeah you know it was it wasn't it was about 2 weeks after after my husband passed away with, with my dad and my mom, it seemed 
some of my normal routine stuff seemed a little easier to continue with. Um, but, but when my, when my husband passed, I, I couldn't do anything, uh, for a couple of weeks. I just was so numb. Um, so it took about two weeks before I finally went back to the gym for the first time, but I know me, um, I've suffered from depression and manic depression before. Uh, and I know that physical activity is critical to my mental health. And to avoid that would mean to give in to those demons that I have worked so hard to combat. So I knew I had to get my body moving. I knew I had to do some things. And at first it was just, you know, it was just walking around the neighborhood. Um, but that first day I went back to the gym and I literally sobbed the entire time. It was such a cathartic release um, to be able to move my body and, and allow that sadness to just come out in whatever form it was going to come out in. Um, and, and I just let it, let it be what it was. But from that moment, I knew that getting back to racing and training was not an option for me. I had, had, had to do it. Um, so I had spent last year really prepping and, and working towards finishing a, a Spartan trifecta, which is a sprint, a super and a beast, but I had run out of time. Uh, I wasn't going to be able to finish that triple series because the Spartan end of the year happens in November, uh -huh. uh, not at the end of the year, like you would think. So I, I had to decide to, if I was going to make a new goal to do that next year. Um, and so I did, uh, and I just, this past weekend finished the super, uh, the first super in that series. Congratulations. Yes. I did awesome. that. Yeah, I did that in Southern California. So me and some wonderful friends of mine took a road trip and drove down there, um, over five days, did a race and drove home. Uh, and in December, I am going to take my daughter on vacation to Orlando, going to do all of the Universal Studios, Disney, Kennedy Aww. Space Center things, and I will run a beast there. Nice. Uh, nice. And then I will continue to run additional races in 2022 to continue that. But it's, it's such a critical thing to know exactly what what your body and your mind need in order to move forward. Uh, and exercise was that for me, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's great. And I love hearing the experiences that you're sharing now and, and just what you've accomplished. And I, I would just, if I were you, I would just be so proud of myself. And, and I think others would be too, even if they're not here now to see you do these things, but I think that's a phenomenal way to, to get through this. So I commend you for going through this process and getting it done and not giving up. And like you said, just taking that one step at a time. Yeah. Let's, I mean, I, I remember, I, just to pivot, I mean, I yeah. remember when I interviewed you for my show, I think it was like just a few days after my mother passed. Yes, I and remember I too. Like, just come like, in, like we have to, 
we have to do the thing. Continue on. I know I was like, do we do we reschedule? Do we keep going? I'm like, well, I don't think Wendy would want to because she's just a go getter and she, you know, business is still continues on whether you're, you know, down and out or not. So I was like, well, I'll let her if she wants to. And if not, then we're, we're going to carry forward. And we did. And that's, you know, being an entrepreneur, being in business, you do, you take care of things and you continue, like you said, one step at a time and keep going. And, and I mean, and your business continues to, to evolve and grow because of the experiences that you've gone through. So, um, yeah, yeah. And I appreciated that from you too, to say, you know what, we're still going to do this. We're going to make it work and we're going to carry the show must go on. Right. <laughs> Right. And, you know, and I think that that's different for everyone. I don't want to say that that's the right way that anyone in particular needs to needs to deal with things or grieve or, or whatever, but it's definitely what has worked for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when you have that kind of go-giver, you know, mentality and, and the ability to know that you still need to carry forward and it does help you go through those processes to say, you know what, it is one step and we are going to keep going and, and, you know, move, move the mountains forward. So yeah, definitely could see that, um, as a part of who you are. <laughs> um, okay. So another question for you. For the people that are interested in getting into your line of work, what kind of advice would you give to somebody who might want to pursue a career similar to yours, Wendy? 100%. And, and I will say this to every um, you know person who's considering getting into real estate, work for someone else first. Mm-hmm. It, it feels like this, the, the long way around because real estate is not a hard business to get into. Um, as far as classes and tests and books and licenses, like you can accomplish that in less than a month if you really want to. But what I'm going to tell you is that the experience that you will gain learning from someone else is invaluable. It has changed everything about how I do business, how I've taught others to do business. Um, those that, that knowledge of being able to watch without having to be doing is just priceless. It just is. I've, I've encouraged my team that I've set up. It's not a, it's not a traditional real estate team. It is a mentorship program. And I designed it specifically because my experience being mentored by others was so, so, so valuable. What do you think in the real estate industry is the biggest challenge that you're faced with right now with the economy and everything that's going on in the growth? And I mean, what is, what is your biggest challenge right now? You know, I, 100%, I think it is not the economy and everyone will say that everyone will be like, oh, it's a great seller's market or it's a great buyer's market or whatever. And that's just hooey in my opinion, (laughs) because as a real estate consultant, my job is to take care of my clients and customers, regardless of the economy or the market at this moment. Mm-hmm. You have to, your number one skill should be adaptation. You have to be able to adapt and move and grow and flow mm-hmm. within whatever is thrown your way. Right. That's the right. most important skill you should have. Yeah. 
Yeah. So having where you don't have enough spaces or places, I mean, you just have to work extra hard to find what they need, right? I mean, that seems like it's a an evolving challenge, right? Yes, absolutely. You know, it, I, I started in this industry when it was money flowing off of trees. It was in 2004, 2005, 2006. I mean, I sat at my desk and people handed me money. It was, it was ridiculous. It gave me a very skewed view of what real estate was really about. Uh, and it was very painful during 2007, 8, 9, yep. and 10 when I had to figure out what work really was in this industry. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't trade that experience for anything. I really wouldn't. Um, so when, when it came, when things started to shift, I had an opportunity to take on a short sale. Now, I didn't know what a short sale was. I had never heard the term. No one was talking about that. But I had a client come to me and say, here's the deal. I have to move because of this situation. Um, and I have got to sell my house. But I know the market has turned and I don't know what to do. I owe more on it than it's worth. And I, and I don't have the money in my bank account to pay it. So I just started making phone calls and figured it out. Yeah. Um, I'll never forget that first one. And it was, it was uh, a mortgage owned by MetLife. Uh, I met the negotiator that I would work with for years to come with uh -huh. that bank. Um, and I really kind of just figured it out along the way. I think he was kind of figuring some things out along the way as well. And we came up with some forms, some things that we started to use on a regular basis. Um, and I eventually moved into, as I adapted to the changing market for about, from about 2009 till 2013, I did nothing but negotiate short sales. And because I had taken the time to learn and develop processes and procedures for how it should be done, other agents in the Valley would refer their short sales to me because they didn't want to have to learn this whole new process and this messy thing that took forever. So wait, can you describe exactly what a short sale is for those that don't know that are listening? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So a short sale is when, say you owe $200,000 on your mortgage, but your house in the current market is only worth 150. That leaves you owing an additional $50,000 should you sell it at market value to the lien holder. The lien holder wants that money, of course but- in when everyone was going through that, they had processes where you could ask the bank to allow you to sell and forgive the additional amount, or they could 1099 you for the additional amount. There were a lot of different financial opportunities during that time, depending on how far we were into it. Um, but either way, you, you were able to get out from underneath that debt and move forward with your life. Wow. Wow. And I imagine a lot of people thank you for you taking the time to figure out exactly how to get that done, because there were a lot of people in that situation that really needed your help. Yeah. Well, it was an opportunity for people to get out from under that debt without having a foreclosure hang over their head because a foreclosure lasted on their credit for 10 years mm. where a short sale only lasted for three. So the recovery time was immensely more valuable 
to the end client if they were able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. All right, Wendy. Um, last question for you. Um, okay. So how do you continue to learn in order to stay on top of all the things that are going on in your industry? What kind of things do you do to keep yourself educated and, and, you know, all knowing when people come to you as the expert? Yeah. So paying attention to local news is super, super important. Um, you have to, you know, I, I definitely don't immerse myself in it because I think that that breeds a lot of negativity. Um, but I do pay attention to what is going on with, uh, things that are going to affect our taxes, things that are going to, you know, if there's any impact zone fees or anything that's going to have an impact on property rights, I stay really close to, uh, that news. Um, the other thing, uh, that I definitely do is I visit new local businesses as much as I possibly can. Anytime that there's a new store or a new restaurant or whatever in the Treasure Valley, first of all, I love experiences. Yeah. <laughs> Second of all, I love food. Uh, and I love being able to share new places with any of my clients because there's a lot of people who are moving here that aren't, that have never lived here before. Um, so being able to share that information or my experience at a, at a restaurant so that the entire community benefits is awesome. Um, and the more that I keep up on those things, the more people tell me about local events that like you learn things in having conversations with owners of businesses that you wouldn't otherwise ever know. There's no way you could consume that much information in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. um, so I think just staying up on who is bringing business to this in to this community, what people are doing, you know, as far as growth goes, what new businesses are coming. Those are the things that that make a difference. I love it. Okay, I lied. One more question. How do people um, get in touch with you and want to listen to your podcast, all the things, uh, share a little bit more about how people can reach out to you, Wendy? You bet. So if you are looking for real estate, uh, I have a website that is resultsboss.com, R-E-S-U-L-T-S-B-O-S-S.com. Um, as far as my show, you can pretty much send me an email, wendy at resultsboss.com, and I will reply with all of the things. And of course, I'm on Twitter and LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest. If you search for Wendy's Wisdoms, hundreds and hundreds of sticky notes will appear in your search results. Yeah, I love I love what when I get to see your handwritten sticky notes and you know hashtag Wendy's Wisdoms and it's definitely shareable content that people will you know continue to share with others and uh, you know all of the different quotes and things that you do and and your own quotes too not just quotes from other people but yeah. things that you think of and dream up and I just love watching those and seeing those come through my feed so thank you for sharing Wendy's Wisdoms with us too <laughs> you bet. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Wendy. We certainly, I, I just adore you and appreciate you. And, um, you know, I, I missed our amazing ladies, uh, CEO mastermind group that we've been doing, but, uh, I, I, 
truth be told, the only reason I missed our last meeting is because I was sitting on the um, tarmac waiting for the president to leave. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty yeah. good excuse. I know. I was like, of all the things, right? I mean, I because the whole thing is you don't want to miss your meeting, right? And of course, my, my excuse, I, it was like, okay, not that I can come up with any lamer excuse, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the captain of the, um, he's like, okay, ladies and gentlemen, please have a seat. We're going to be here for a while. We have to wait for the president to leave the, the airport before we can, you know, uh, get off the plane or, you know, depart the plane. So it was like, okay. So we were there for almost over an hour waiting. But uh, Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was kind of funny because somebody said, bring out the wine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, so thank you so much for being on the show. And for those of you listening, the best thing that you could do for Wendy or I is re- recommend our shows, give us a review and share it with others. Cause that's the best, uh, compliment you could give either one of our podcasts. So thank you for, for that. And, uh, yeah, everybody until next time, enjoy the journey and we'll see you again next Thursday. Thanks for listening to the marketing expedition podcast. Want to continue the journey? Don't miss out on new episodes. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wouldn't it be great if there was one place you can go to get all the latest information and tips about marketing and advertising? The Marketing Expedition community is that place. People like you gather in our online community to build relationships with others and find the latest marketing trends, tactics, tools, and technology. We help you build your brand and your bottom line. Start your adventure today. Visit themarketingexpedition.com to find out more.